God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. When faced with difficult circumstances, there's never just one single way to react. We often are faced with many decisions of how to react. Do we react out of hurt? Do we react out of grief? Do we react with our minds set toward the future? When faced with a big life change, some type of loss or a big life-changing decision, what are our go-to ways of reacting? Today, we start a brand new three-week series on the Old Testament book of Ruth. Every year here at Christ United, we try to zero in on a book of the Bible or two. You may remember last year, we did Jonah and 2 Corinthians. This year, we're beginning with Ruth. And I find Ruth to be an impactful transformation story. We get to meet good people. And we get a number of different reactions to some pretty big life-changing moments in their lives. Ruth has four chapters. Like I mentioned, you can read it really quick in one setting. And luckily, because we're doing three weeks on Ruth, we have a lot of time to cover all of the best parts. Today, we'll start with the first chapter of Ruth. Then next week, we will look at chapters two and three. And then two weeks from now, we'll finish up the series with chapter four, the final chapter. The book of Ruth is unique for a number of different reasons. First, it's one of only two books in the entire Bible named after a woman. Unlike the book of Esther, Ruth's story revolves around a number of different female characters, not just Ruth. It's believed, the book of Ruth, is believed to have been written later than a lot of the other books in the Bible, and some believe Ruth could be taken as a critique of a few of the books of the prophets, specifically Ezra and Nehemiah, because Ezra and Nehemiah were solidly against any type of relationship between Israelites and the people they called foreigners, which leads us to our jumping off point today. Ruth is not an Israelite. It's another unique characteristic of this book, a book of the Bible, our holy scriptures, named after a woman who was a Moabite or a foreigner. It's a breathtakingly unique story. Let's begin. Like any good story, we're not introduced to our main character, Ruth, right away. Instead, the book of Ruth opens up with an introduction of Naomi. Naomi and her husband and her two sons were Israelites who lived in Bethlehem in Judah. But there was this big famine in the land. Kids, that means there wasn't food anywhere. And so they had to leave to find a new place to live. And they ended up in Moab, a place that had food and shelter. Moab is a known enemy of Judah, where Naomi and her family are from. But we don't really see any of that type of animosity in this book of Ruth, which is really unique. Instead, 
Naomi and her family find a place to settle. And while they are there, Naomi's husband dies. Then her two sons, the only males left to kind of give her her place in society, they take Moabite women as wives. Two women named Orpah and Ruth. The sons and their wives and Naomi live in Moab for 10 more years. And then Naomi's two sons die. Naomi is the only one left of her original Israelite family. And she's left in a land that isn't her own. It's not her home. During that time, Naomi hears that that famine I mentioned earlier in Judah has ceased and that now there's food and land to have. And Naomi, like many of us, would, she yearns to go home. Ruth 1, 6 through 8. Then Naomi rose along with her daughters-in-law to return from the field of Moab because while in the territory of Moab, she had heard that the Lord had paid attention to his people by providing food for them. She left the place where she had been and her two daughters-in-law went with her. They went along the road to return to the land of Judah. Naomi said to her daughters, go, turn back, each of you to the household of your mother. May the Lord deal faithfully with you, just as you have done with the dead and with me. May the Lord provide for you so that you may find security, each woman in the household of her husband. Then she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and wept. But they replied to her, no. Instead, we will return with you to your people. Naomi is going through a whole lot here. That kind of goes without saying. She's lost her husband, her two sons, and now she's made this really big decision to go back to her home. In this first chapter of Ruth, three of our main characters are each going to have to make a decision on how they react to the loss of their loved ones. For Naomi, she yearns to be back in her home amongst her people. She has this desire to not feel alone. And in Naomi's mourning and in her grief, she has these two Moabite women who have followed her on this journey. Ruth and Orpah have been by Naomi's side for 10 years, and they intend to stay by her side. Even when Naomi tries to say, no, go back, when they're already on the road, both women say, no, we'll return with you to your people. Loving others in hard moments is worthy work. When we experience heartache and loss, it's almost as if this veil is placed over us. We aren't the people we used to be. Grief can transform us and take us to places where it's harder for others to reach us. Have you ever held someone in grief? Felt their body shaking? Heard their gasps for air? as they're overwhelmed with emotion. 
those are sacred moments. Coming alongside someone in painful times is uncomfortable. It's tempting to just wait until later, once they're kind of over that, and then check in on them. Loving others in hard moments is worthy work. Ruth and Orpah must also be hurting in this story. They've seemed to have forged this bond with their mother-in-law, Naomi. Whatever their relationship may have been with their deceased husband, we're not given that information. Without even considering that, it's obvious that they care for Naomi. And so if she's hurting, they're hurting too. They seem to love Naomi. She's the woman they've decided to leave their own home and follow. And while they're on that journey, she says, no, no, go back. She tries to send them away. This isn't a reflection of Naomi's character. It's a reflection of how someone reacts when they're under pressure and when they're going through deep things inside that others can't see. Naomi wishes the girls their best, her best, and then intends to send them on their way back home. Both women here refuse, but the interaction doesn't stop there. Naomi asks them a second time right after this to turn back. I told you, I cannot provide for you, is what Naomi tells them. She says she has no other sons for them to take as their own, and she doesn't intend on having any more. And even if she did, would they just wait till they grew up? It's a whole very complicated argument that makes a lot of sense. Naomi tries to convince the women that they still have a chance of making a life with someone else. And she doesn't have that opportunity. She can't offer it to them. Naomi is not sending them back because she's mean or hardened. She sends them back because she cares for them desperately. After this second plea for them to turn back, Orpah kisses her mother-in-law and follows her instructions. She turns back. The Bible does not have any judgment on Orpah, and neither do I. Orpah listens to her mother-in-law, this person she respects, and she follows what she says. She goes back to her homeland. There's nothing wrong here with Orpah's decision. Like I said earlier, one of my most favorite things about the book of Ruth is that it's full of good people. There aren't ill intentions or manipulations, just good people trying to live their lives. Orpah's decision to turn back really only matters because it contrasts with Ruth's decision. Ruth, who refuses to leave Naomi's side. Verses 16 through 18. But Ruth replied to Naomi, don't urge me to abandon you, to turn back from following after you. Wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you stay, I will stay. Naomi, your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried too. May the Lord do this to me, and more so, if even death separates me from you. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, 
she stopped speaking about it. Loving others in hard moments is worthy work. Ruth makes the decision again to stay by Naomi's side. This woman who's pushing her away and asking her to leave for her sake, and Ruth isn't going to. Ruth doesn't do it in, to spite the other woman. Ruth does it because she recognizes the journey that Naomi has chosen, a journey back home alone. Ruth offers what she can in the midst of Naomi's pain. Ruth offers her presence. Often, when we are with someone who is suffering, we can't really do much to alleviate that pain. Words fall short. Platitudes sound worn and useless. I've found that in moments of pain, showing up and being a presence to the person hurting, that's what's meaningful. Not filling the air with words, but just being there. Our presence helps remind others that they're not alone in those moments. We can never fully understand what another person is going through. We can empathize. We can compare it to something similar, maybe even something we think is identical. And still, it's never exactly the same. In Jesus' ministry throughout the New Testament, Jesus saw the people around him. Jesus noticed the suffering, the hurting. He saw the lonely. Jesus offered this everlasting water that would do more than quench thirst. It would transform lives. It would be a living reminder of his presence, a sign that none of us are ever alone. Jesus came for us and reminds us through his life and through his death and resurrection that we are never by ourselves. Through the Holy Spirit, God is always with us. Ruth reminds Naomi of this truth, that she is not alone on this journey. Some may read the story of Ruth and think, man, Ruth is so loyal. And she is. Some may say, wow, that Ruth, she's really kind. She is. Mostly, though, Ruth is practicing love. And through that love, loyalty and kindness and a willingness to follow flow freely. And it's a love, spoiler alert, that Ruth will continue on throughout this book. Through love, through loyalty, through kindness, Ruth shows another person that they're not alone. While Ruth is our main character, clearly the book's named after her, right? You will hear me continue to mention Naomi. While Ruth is admirable, Naomi is pretty raw. And Naomi is actually the woman I relate to most in this story when I read it. Naomi hurts deeply, and she yearns for a way to share that hurt, to show that hurt in her everyday life. Case in point, these last few verses of chapter one. 
Let's look at 19 through 22. So both of them, Naomi and Ruth, went along until they arrived at Bethlehem. When they arrived at Bethlehem, the whole town was excited on account of them. And the women of the town asked, can this be Naomi? She replied to them, don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara, for the Almighty has made me very bitter. I went away full with the husband and the sons, and I came back empty. Why would you call me Naomi when the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has deemed me guilty? Thus Naomi returned, and Ruth, the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, returned with her from the territory of Moab. They arrived in Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. Even though Ruth has given everything to follow Naomi, it doesn't fix Naomi. Naomi still hurts. Naomi is still suffering. The name Naomi literally means pleasant or sweet. And by asking all of the people there in Bethlehem to call her Mara, she's not just trying to assume a new name with a new emotion tied to it. Mara means bitter. Bitterness is the exact opposite of sweet. Mara is the antithesis to Naomi. When I say that I relate more to Naomi, (laughs) that's what I mean. Not that I'm more bitter than sweet, although probably depends who you ask. It's more that I get Naomi's desire to really let her emotions show. She's hurting and she needs others to take notice of that pain. Ruth is standing right next to her, and she tells everyone there, God brought me back empty. Ruth, loyal, committed, pouring of love right by her side, not even really noticed. I get that humanness of Naomi. Naomi isn't the bad guy, she's hurting. If we're going to talk about Ruth, we cannot overlook the role Naomi plays in Ruth's journey. Ruth believes that Naomi is worthy of love, that she deserves to be cared for. Ruth is good. Orpah is good. Naomi is good. You are good. You two are worthy of love. You are not alone. This first chapter of Ruth sets the scene for the entire book. We meet incredible women on an incredible journey of care, of loyalty, of love, of faithfulness. And we also learn that loneliness can be a really powerful emotion. It can be overwhelming and isolating. Ruth teaches us that it can be difficult sometimes for someone to accept the love you're offering them. And even more so, this first chapter of Ruth teaches each of us that we are not alone 
We are loved. We are also called to share that love with others, to care for one another, just as Ruth cared for Naomi. That's our calling today. How can we find ways out in the world to love, to love others well, to sit with them in those hard moments and remind them that they're not alone. Not only is God by their side, but if they need a physical reminder, you're there too. Friends, may it be so. Amen.